0: you want to expect failure and to make mistakes and not try and avoid them if you're failing and making mistakes and learning for them you're on the path if you're failing and making mistakes and not learning from them then that's obviously not useful but i want you to expect failure i want you to expect to make mistakes so now you're not surprised now you don't judge yourself now you don't make yourself feel insecure or inferior because of it Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every one of you that come back every week to listen, learn and grow. Now I know that if you're here, you're here because you want to be happy, healthy and healing. That's what I want for myself. That's what I want for all of you. It's what I want for everyone in the world. Imagine if the world was happier, healthier and more healed what a beautiful world we'd live in. We'd be better people, we'd be better parents, we'd be better professionals. It would be a truly phenomenal place to live. And On Purpose is dedicated to that mission, introducing you to incredible thinkers and minds, ideas, topics, takeaways, insights that can help you transform your life. So if you're here, take a moment to just acknowledge and express gratitude to yourself for showing up for yourself. Now, today's episode is something that was sparked by a conversation with one of my dear friends, Humble the Poet. If you haven't read his work or don't follow him, he's he's an incredible, incredible thinker. And I've really enjoyed my conversations with him since we became friends around four years ago. And what we'll often do is we'll just find questions that we find fascinating And we'll think, we'll reflect, we'll try and come up with actionable items. And so this episode was inspired by that conversation because the question he asked me and some of the insights he shared with me, which I'll be sharing today, was what is the difference between thinking and overthinking? And we probably thought about this, ironically, for like a couple of hours, but the conversation was so brilliant that I had to share it with you. And some of the things he shared with me were so fascinating. He's going to be on the podcast soon too, because he has a new book coming out. So we'll look forward to that. Now, when it comes to thinking and overthinking, I think the reason why we have to address this question is because I think we all experience overthinking. We experience over analyzing. I'm sure many of you experience brain fog or feeling cloudy because there's just so much to process. Maybe you feel like you're just constantly bombarded by information, you're bombarded by data, you're bombarded by messages and notifications. And I find that, me included. I have to be really careful about what I let in to my mind and my space. Just as we're careful about who we let into our home, we have to be careful about what we let into our mind. And as I was researching for this episode, I saw some incredible statistics that blew my mind that I want to share with you. And this study showed that the average person today processes as much as 74 gigabytes of information per day. That's as much as watching 16 movies. Can you imagine that? 74 gigabytes, right? If you think about your phone, your phone might have like 256 gigabytes memory. You're processing 74 gigabytes per day, which is a huge amount of information, And when we think about our search for information, we know that Google has about over 40,000 searches every second. How many of those are you responsible for, right? Like, just think about how often we're searching for information. And I'm not even getting into just how many YouTube views per second or minute, how many tweets per second or minute. I mean, the rate of information creation and consumption is going through the roof. And as we see this escalation in exposure to all of this information that our mind and our brain has to make sense of, it has to structure it, it has to organize it, it has to bring emotion in, take emotion out. I mean, when you think about the number of processes we're having to do now, it is not abnormal to recognize that so many of us are struggling, right? That's not abnormal at all. So if you're one of those people who's going, oh, I don't feel smart enough, I don't feel fast enough, I feel like I'm too weak, I feel like I should be better at this, I just want you to cut yourself some slack, I want you to forgive yourself, I want you to give yourself a break and recognize that it's so natural that we're feeling overwhelmed because of the rate of overconsumption, now when you think about how much you're consuming and how you're feeling, I'm sure that overthinking is something that happens a lot. We're now exposed to poorer quality of information. So not only are you experienced to more, you're experienced to more with less quality, with less research, with less evidence, with less thought sometimes as well, to be honest. And so what ends up happening is that we're now having to make sense of stuff that may not even make sense in the first place, or may not be valid enough to make sense of. And that creates a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, a lot of tension. I remember when I was living in New York, I lived there for two years, I would often feel tired in the evening after a busy day, but I'd feel more tired in New York than anywhere before. And when I started looking into it, I came across this idea of cognitive load. The idea that when you're walking around New York City, there's so many sirens, there's so much roadwork going on, there's so much noise from the trash and whatever else there may be, that our brains are trying to make sense of insignificant, unuseful sound. And that takes up energy. So the reason why Humble and I started having this conversation was because we were realizing that we think this is a challenge for a lot of people that we know, friends, family, people that we work with, people that we hear from, where overthinking, overanalyzing has become the norm. But it's not easy to just say to someone, well, stop overthinking it, like stop overanalyzing it. And that's not useful advice. It's not helpful. If anyone's ever said that to you before, or you've ever said that to anyone before, you know how unimpactful it truly is. So let's talk about the differences between thinking and overthinking. And Humble brought up the first one. He said that his therapist told him it was the amount of time. The first difference between thinking and overthinking, according to his therapist, was time. Now, let's talk about time. I think time is one of the differences between thinking and overthinking because there's a difference whether you're thinking about something for a month or two months or two years. And I would say that this time applies to the extent of the task. So it depends on the scale of the task. For example, if I'm about to write a book, and for those of you who know, I've, I've just finished writing my second book, Eight Rules of Love. And if I'm going to write a book, I may think about that book for a couple of years before I start to write it. I don't consider that to be overthinking because it's a book. It's words on a page. It's set in stone. It's there as a thoughtful, curated, researched piece of work that I can't wait to share with you, right? So the amount of thinking that it requires to create a 300-page book is very different. And so some people may say, well, that sounds like overthinking. You spent two years on it. But it's only overthinking if it's based on the task. Now, if I spent two years thinking about one 30-minute solo episode, that can be considered overthinking. I may have thought about this idea before. I may have reflected on it before. But if I'm consistently thinking every day for two to three years about a 30-minute podcast episode, that would be considered overthinking. So when you're making a plan, one of the things I'd recommend is that you first look at the scale of the task. And based on the scale of the task, you figure out the scope of the time. The larger the task, the more difficult the task, the more challenging the task, the more you give yourself a certain time. And this is also the difference between thinking and overthinking. When it comes to time, scheduled time makes it thinking. Unscheduled time can make it overthinking. So if I say to myself, hey, I want to write a book about this subject, I'm going to spend a couple of years thinking about it before I really, you know, while I gather my thoughts, gather my research, gather my insights. And then those two years will give me these things that I need. Now you're using your time wisely. Now you are actually thinking and not overthinking because your time is accounted for. And so if you're someone who wants to do something big, something that's coming up, something significant, then I want you to think about how much time is that going to take for you to think about it, for you to reflect on it? The mistake we often make is we just try and dive in. And when you drive in, you could get discouraged. And this is why it really comes to self-awareness. There are a lot of people who don't need to function this way. They would just dive in, they'd make mistakes, they'd figure it out, and everything would work out for them. And there are some people who need more thought, need more process, need more structure. So I want you to really think about your self-awareness to figure that out. Have you ever had one bad moment spoil your entire day or felt overwhelmed for no reason? What about stressed or anxious over that big moment or difficult conversation? You should try meditation and I know what you're thinking. Jay, you used to be a monk, I don't have time to sit in the woods for hours doing nothing. But really, all the time you need to start your own mindfulness practice is 7 minutes a day with The Daily Jay, my daily guided meditations on the Calm app. You don't need to close your eyes or find a special seat, you can try it while you brush your teeth, do the dishes, or walk your dog. My goal in 7 minutes a day is to help you find calm and feel grounded in your busy world, plant beautiful intentions for an abundant life, and simple steps for positive actions to get you closer to the life of your dreams. Here's what one of the listeners of The Daily J had to say about their meditation. Wow, I just had a super hard day at work and couldn't get my boss's comments out of my head then i did the daily j which related to my work issues opened my eyes at the end of the session and felt renewed again previously today would have destroyed my whole weekend meditate with me by going to calm.com forward slash j to get 40 percent off a calm premium membership that's only 42 dollars for the whole year for daily guided meditations experience the daily j only on calm now the second difference between thinking and overthinking this was humble's answer is that he said it's about action. So he was saying that if you are thinking, then it will lead to action. And if you're overthinking, it will lead to inaction. I thought this was a brilliant, brilliant answer from him because I couldn't agree with him more. When we're thinking strategically and effectively, it leads to action, it leads to change, it leads to transformation. But when we just overthink... And this is why things like gossip, why things like negativity, why things like comparison, complaining, and criticism are often not healthy thinking and are overthinking because they don't lead to positive action. So I think the question you have to ask yourself is, hey, well, if I thought about this for a long time, but it led to action, then maybe I'm not an overthinker. I remember before launching my YouTube channel, I spent two years Thinking, researching, looking. It took me two years before I even launched my first video. Now, some could say that was overthinking, some could say that was stalling, some would even call that a failure. But for me, I just saw that as part of the process, and guess what? It led to action, and that action has led to all these incredible things in my life. I'll give you another example. Before I launched On Purpose, this podcast, I thought about launching a podcast for another two years. I found that some of the biggest projects, biggest ideas that I've created in my life, whether it's my books, my podcast, the content I'm creating, I'll often spend a couple of years learning, growing, researching, experimenting to truly understand, right? To really think about what I want to do and why I want to do it. And I find that to be extremely helpful because by the time I get going, I'm already really clear on what I'm trying to achieve and why I'm trying to achieve it. Diving in sometimes I find actually takes me three steps back because I don't give myself the time to really know why it's important to me, why it's relevant to me and how I want it to flow. So try this. Ask yourself the next time you're thinking about something, how quickly can I get to action? What is the right action to follow this thought? All of a sudden, you won't be overthinking. Overthinking means you keep repeating the same thought, you keep repeating the same emotion, the same feeling, and you never ask yourself, what do I change? What can I do about this? How can I shift from this position? And that simple question can make all the difference. Now, the third difference between thinking and overthinking, which came from my insight was how structured your process is. So when I'm thinking about something, I'll have a structure. I'll break it down. I'll have steps. I'll have points that I'm following. I'll have principles or values that I use as a guide. But when you're overthinking, you just keep repeating the same thought. You keep going round and round in circles. There's no structure. There's no process. There's no system. So... I want you to focus on having a system for how you think. Every time you have a thought, try and create an if this, then that system with that idea. If I feel this, then I do this. As soon as you start implementing that and practicing that, that will now become the thought pattern you carve for your mind. What we have to realize is that every thought you're having is simply a thought, a pathway in your mind that has been carved because you've walked on it so many times. It's like if you take the same route to work or to school every day, that becomes your norm. And now anything that's different to that feels random. It feels awkward. It may feel uncomfortable. All you have to do is start taking another route. And as you take that route every day, if this, then that. If it rains, then I take this route now you start to have a different approach. So the three differences between thinking and overthinking are time, action, and structure. Now now that we know that, how do we shift into taking action? The first thing you have to remember is that you will never ever feel ready. I don't know anyone who started something who ever felt ready. If you asked me when I launched my YouTube channel, did I feel ready, I would have said no. If you asked me before we launched On Purpose, if I felt ready, I would have said no. If you asked me that about a book, you asked me that about genius, you asked me that about anything we've ever done, we never felt ready. I never felt ready. If anything, it was always like, well, if we had six more months, we could do this. If we had 12 more months, we could do this. But I realized that the growth I'd make in six to 12 months of not doing something would never outweigh the growth that I would make if I did launch it. When you launch something, when you create something, when you think about something, you learn so much more than when you wait till you're ready, you wait till the perfect time, you wait till everything's calmed down, right? We always say like, I'm just gonna wait till things settle down a bit. By then you could lose inspiration, lose motivation, you could get busier, you could get distracted, something else comes along. I find that I've learned that my ability accelerates and expands every year as I add more to my plate and create better practices to deal with it. So you'll never feel ready. Start anyway, right? Please remember that. If you're worrying about starting something right now, I want you to know that don't wait till you're ready. Don't wait till you know everything. Don't wait because you'll never know everything. You'll never be ready. That's the point. There isn't a point where you go, okay, I'm completely healed now. Okay, I'm completely here now. This is a Western ideology of beginning and completion. Have you ever completed anything? Like, what do you, you know, have we completed our education? No, it was just an arbitrary mark of saying, you've now graduated. So recognizing that things are more cyclical, organic in nature, has a tree ever finished growing? No right? It's not fully grown, (laughs) even as humans, right? There are parts of us that may stop growing, but they don't stop changing. And so I just want you to recognize that. The second thing I'm going to say can be counterintuitive, but you want to expect failure and to make mistakes and not try and avoid them. One of the reasons why we don't take action and why we sit in overthinking is because we're trying to plot and plan how to avoid every mistake and failure. I can honestly tell you that with every venture I've started, I have failed and made so many mistakes. Honestly, I've made so many mistakes, I've failed at so many things, and I've realized that that's just the path. When I think about things like Steve Jobs getting kicked out of Apple, can you imagine getting kicked out of your own company? What kind of failure that is? What kind of challenge that is? When you think about any of the people you admire, they have all failed and made mistakes. That is the path. If you're failing and making mistakes and learning from them, you're on the path. If you're failing and making mistakes and not learning from them, then that's obviously not useful. But I want you to expect failure. I want you to expect to make mistakes. So now you're not surprised. Now you don't judge yourself. Now you don't make yourself feel insecure or inferior because of it. Step number three, I want you to break down what you want to achieve to the smallest thing. I'll give an example. One of my friends wanted to be a movie director. And he said to me, I really want to be a movie director. I want to make Hollywood movies, right? But like big budget feature films. So I was like, okay, that's, that's a big goal, right? And that could lead to a lot of overthinking because it's hard. It's far away. It takes time. Let's break it down. What do you need to do in order to do that? And he was like, well, I would need to be able to get that kind of a budget. I was like, okay, well, what do you need to do in order to get that budget? He said, well, I would have to make movies that were impressive with less of a budget. And I was like, well, what do you need to do that? And he said, well, I need to learn how to make movies. I need to learn directing and scripting. I was like, okay, how do you do do that? He said, well, I need to get into film school or I need to make short movies. And I said, well, which one do you want to try? He said, well, maybe I'll start with short movies. So he started making short movies. And then he went to film school because he realized there were certain skills he didn't have. Now he's on the path. But notice how if his goal was to make feature films, he would overthink about that for maybe a few decades. But when his first step was start making short movies or apply for film school, That's something you could do today. And I think people forget this, that the goal is the same, but the current move looks different. It's like when you're climbing Mount Everest, that's the goal. The goal is to get to the top of Mount Everest, but every step doesn't take you to the top of Mount Everest. And so we have to recognize that the step and the goal are different. And we have to know the goal, but focus on the step. And your step may lead you in directions that you don't want. You might have to learn skills you don't care about. You might have to build qualities and character traits that you didn't even realize. I've had to develop so many more leadership qualities than I ever thought because of the team we lead. I've had to learn so much more about investments and finances than I ever thought I would need to. Because that's getting me to my ultimate goal, which is impacting one billion lives and making a difference in the world. So the path, the steps look very different from the goal and we can't keep fixating saying, no, but I just want to feel this way. I just want to feel like I'm having an impact. It's like, well, no, if you really want to have an impact, you have to be ready to learn this. And the fourth and final step to start taking action is you have to be surrounded by people who are taking action. You will not move forward if you're around people who are going backwards. You will not move forward if you're around people who are happy being behind. If you're surrounded by go-getters, people who are making a difference, making a shift, making an impact, that will make the difference. Your circle will define your impact. Your circle will define how fast, how effectively you move forward. And so make sure you find that tribe. I'm not telling you to change all your friends. I'm saying have a few people around you that are also on a mission, because those are the people that will help you reach your vision that you so deeply care about. I hope that this episode accelerates you in the growth. I hope that it inspires you into motion and I hope that it helps you remember how to switch from overthinking to thinking. Thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing happiness, health and healing only on On Purpose.